0: Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Sensational She Geek Live from Yancey Street. This episode will be a little bit different because I don't frankly have enough other content such as news and whatnot to talk about. We obviously will have the James Gunn, the Superman legacy theories and rumors of castings and whatnot we'll talk about in a little bit, but not so much uh, news otherwise than that. But we also have the Tarot Card of the Week, which is our regular uh, one of our segments. It's number eight this week, Strength. And then our manga of the week is one that is not, as far as I know, officially published in English anywhere. Uh, so we don't need to get into how I'm reading that. But it's called The Fed Up Office Lady Wants to Serve the Villainous. What a title. We've talked before about how I love how manga titles are and anime titles are very descriptive of their series. I have not read any of the recent comic books, and to be frank, I am also behind on the free comic book day books. Um, but we do have some more stuff to talk about. One, The only new spring English dub anime that has come up is Sacrificial Princess and the King of the Beast, which I have some thoughts on or concerns we'll see um but then we'll talk about the it's what is it it's the james gunn superman legacy rumors and then we'll talk a little bit a little bit about guardians of the galaxy volume three because we actually haven't seen the whole movie yet um but we'll talk about that probably towards the end but it'll be a more of a free a free reign episode if that's cool with you guys uh but that's how we're gonna do it this week Starting off with our weekly tarot studies of the Major Arcana, this week is card number 8, titled Strength. There's not so much history that I have on this card, uh, as much as description, symbolism, meaning, etc. So we'll start off here. Historically, the card has been called Fortitude. And it has been either card 8 or 9, depending on who is the... Uh, the base creator of the deck that it's based on. It is accompanying two other cardinal virtues, so to say. Those are temperance and justice. The card can be either a woman with a lion or a woman subduing a stone pillar. Cards that were found from the 1470s display actually both, and were to have been called Forteza, which is Fortitude, somewhat Italian version of what Forteza means. Traditionally, the card is number 11 because of the different uh, changes throughout history. However, the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck, which came from the early 20th century, changed the card of strength to number 8. Still though, I said before, it can be number 8 or 9, depending on the deck's creator. As for what the card stands for, its literal, inter- literal interpretation is power, energy, action, courage, and magnanimity. Also, according to uh, Mr. Waits, it is also complete success and honors. Reversed, he has listed as despotism, abuse of power, weakness, discord, sometimes even disgrace. As for the literal description of what is happening in the card and the symbolism of that description, we see a woman leaning over a lion. She is often... Clasping its jaws, she has tamed this wild beast with her calming and loving energy. The lion is her raw passions and desires, and her taming it shows she can express her passion in positive ways, with inner resilience. The holding of its jaws shows her courage. There is an infinity symbol above her head, like a figure eight and the white robe she wears shows her purity of spirit. The, that infinity symbol represents her infinite potential and wisdom. The flowers, which appear on her belt, crown, and the lion around the lion's neck, represent the fullest and most beautiful expressions of nature. The lion itself is a necessary part of life. Mountains in the background and sky in the background show the stability show her stability and the calmness that it comes with. As for pop culture references of the Strength card in the Major Arcana of Tarot, in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, we've mentioned this before, tarot cards are used to name the character's powers, which are called stands. One of the Stardust Crusaders, called Forever, has a stand named Strength, named after this card. The stand takes the form of a massive cargo ship, apparently led by a gorilla, so that's rather fun. In the Marvel Tarot, the card of strength, according to this fictional writer of this diary, represents the character of the Golem, which I'm not entirely sure if that's a specific character or if it's just kind of an overall description of a type of person. So what it says here in his journal is, at first I mistook the gray granite gentleman on the strength card for it, the living colossus, but the letters on his forehead clearly identified him as the golem. In Hebrew folklore, the golem was an inanimate protector of the Jewish people who brought to life brought to life by God, or the word emet, which is the Hebrew word for truth, on its forehead or on the clay tablet under its tongue. By erasing the first letter in emet to form the me- to form met, which is the Hebrew word for dead, the golem could be deactivated. I thought this particular golem had been deactivated for a few decades now, but word is spreading that the mighty mineral mensch is back and dealing with some sort of suris in New York. Whatever any of that means, if you are aware of some mythology on the Marvel Comics Golem, because apparently that's a character, let me know, because that's one I'm familiar with. Lastly, for the Natasha Iglesias Anime Tarot, where she goes through and gives various anime archetypes and symbols to various tarot cards, especially the Major Arcana, she has here that the Major Arcana card of the the, uh, Strength card, number 8, represents the anime and manga samurai. What she says here is, Strengths the analog in anime is the samurai. Frequently appearing in historical anime, the samurai were military nobility of medieval and early modern Japan. They typically adhered to codes of honor, courage, and dignity, but anime representations vary based on Character's backstory. While they were paid retainers of the daimyo, the feudal landholders, which you may recognize that word from the Book of Boba Fett, thank you very much, samurai were depicted in Japanese propaganda as beloved warriors of the people. Our manga of the week, as I mentioned previously, is The Fed Up Office Lady Wants to Serve the Villainous. I have to admit, I have kind of been on this kick of, um, isekai villain mangas and animes. <laughs> I very much enjoy that, and I will not pretend that I don't. This one is written by Nekaturo Taru. Um, I don't know anything else of what they have previously written, but this one is only about seven or eight chapters in. Um, super, super fun. Not published in English, so you'll have to do your own work to find where you can read that in English if you want to. What the publisher has to say about the plot itself, from their words, It is a heart-pounding re-employment story between a fed-up corporate slave and a cold, callous villainess. Three years after graduating college, notori midori that's funny it rhymes, who once idealized grown up adults she saw as a child, is working hard at her job as a temporary employee. However, one day her contract is suddenly terminated for an absurd reason as she sits there wondering if she would never if she would ever be a workplace. For her to devote herself to, her phone flashes and she finds herself in the world of the novel RPG she was playing, and before her eyes is the villainous Lapis Tenebrae, Tenebrae, who betrayed the heroine and committed countless atrocities before losing her life. My own description is basically Jaden Temp Worker is sucked into the phone game she plays, which is called Fairy Tale of Jewels. She has been summoned as the familiar for the woman who ends up being the game's villain before her eventual death, Lapis Tenebrae, who is very much along the mommy trope. So, if you need a reason to read it, there's one. Uh, she is able to use her knowledge of the plot, as in the main character. To be of immediate use and extreme use to Lady Lapis, whose long-term plot in the game is to wipe out all of the world's commoners before she is killed by her fiancé, the prince. This world eventually runs out of magic and... Oh, sorry. I said that wrong, it runs on magic, and magic comes from various crystals and stones that a person can wear to wield the power of, usually passed down through their family. The manga's main character sees how much and how hard Lapis actually works, and eventually, or very quickly rather, <laughs> swears that she will help her in any way she can in an attempt to ultimately change Lapis's fate and save her life. There are, one of the things, this has obviously not been made into a anime yet, I hope that eventually will, there is a lot of sparkles and kind of sparkle effects in the art because of the various gem-based magics. I very much think that can get made into an anime and that they would pretty easily be able to show that in the animation, and it would be frankly gorgeous. There's a couple of um, recent animes that have come out. I can think of Girlfriend Girlfriend being one where the art who cares about the plot the art particularly is fantastic the art in their eyes the way they draw that the coloring and everything um really really great and so i feel like that kind of trend of creativity in anime art would definitely be one that would be fully utilized if they were to make this manga into an anime the four main characters of the manga obviously are the main character first natori And then you have Lapis and Diana, who is the original story's protagonist, the protagonist in the game that Notori played in her world. And finally, the prince whose name is Gran, which, yes, is a little confusing because it sounds like they're addressing an old woman most of the time. Still, Notori is the main character. She is 25. Uh, Not a whole lot of extra stuff to really be said about her. She's a classic anime protagonist. However, she really seems to be confusing her big gay crush on Lapis Tenebrae for the feeling of being happily recognized for a job well done. I'm very curious how long that will take her to realize that she's actually fallen head over heels for her previously, in another world, villainous boss. As for Lapis, she is, of course, Notori's boss and the story's original villainess, who is fated to die. She actually is a very hard worker who cares deeply for her family's legacy, and she still clearly has a very deep dislike slash hatred or distaste of the commoners of her world due to what really amounts to the follow of their lack of education in pretty much all aspects. Even when she's hired... Lapis as her, sec- or sorry, even as Diana is hired as Lapis's secretary, she is still Lapis' familiar as well, which is very important. So she has to wait with the animals because none of the other familiars are human. She's kind of the first. After a brief time with Natori as her secretary, she is able, Lapis is able to clearly understand, appreciate, and articulate the many minor things that make up a job well done by Natori and very much, um, It becomes that becomes very much the dynamic where Notori is unexpectedly, from her perspective, complimented on her work, job well done by Lapis, and kind of like flutters into oblivion. She's she's a little bit in love with her, we know that. (laughs) And then there's Diana, who is the story's original protagonist and the main character of the game, which is called, what was it? It was, um, Fairy Tale of Jewels, the game that Tori plays in her original world. Uh, she, Diana is, however, ex, uh, she was formerly a commoner, but brought into the magical school that she's in because she is extremely powerful and comes across a powerful gem. She calls Natori Natalie for some reason. She can't seem to wrap her head around that one. And it's really easy to get her and Natori confused when you're looking at the art, the way to, to kind of def- define them separately. Natori has a low ponytail. Diana has a very high ponytail with bangs, so... That's the way that I kind of differentiated them when I was getting to know the characters. The Tori also doesn't have a gem at her collar like the others, even Diana having been a... Commoner is still able to use magic which is unusual of commoners. She can also has the ability importantly to use mimicry magic which makes her incredibly powerful because she can send back any spell that was sent towards her pretty much tenfold without even needing to learn the spell properly. She can just mimic it. Then the last important character is the prince, A.K.A. Gran. He is Lapis's fiance and the future king. He's also obsessed with summoned familiars. He's kind of a geek in the sense of uh, animals, I guess is what you would say, magical animals. In the original story that Natori plays on her game, he is the one to kill Lapis. He meets Natori in this manga when she falls from a clock tower, which was a genuine accident regardless of how it looked, and he is able to save her. Diana has a secret crush on the handsome stranger from the past, and it turns out to be the prince which I don't think she's learned quite yet in the manga that we've where we've gotten to yet. When the prince discovers what a great secretary Natori is for Lapis, Lapis offers her Natori to his aid, but Natori refuses to work for anybody but her mistress because, like I said, she's in love with her, and she doesn't know it yet. <sighs> I would love to see this one made into an anime. I may or may not have multiple wallpapers of Lapis Tenebrae on my computer and phone. Thank you very much. Good night. The remaining parts of the podcast is pretty much going to be me and Adam having a nice little chat about current events in comics and pop culture comic media um, that's going to include Tom King's Wonder Woman, James Gunn, Superman, and a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy. Although I guess I did mention Sacrificial Princess and the King of the Beasts, we have two English-dubbed episodes of this one. <laughs> First episode was a little concerning, I won't lie. Um, seemed to be kind of just a furry dream. <laughs> we, we've we kind of straightened that out a little bit, I think. I think it's not quite going to be that intense. Uh, but it is still very much this young girl falling in love with this beast creature. Thanks, Disney! That was your idea first, I think. Uh, but anyway, it's... It's interesting. I'll keep up with it. I think the only one that I took off of my watch list for anime this season so far was The Hero is Dead or something like that. Uh, Real bad. That last episode was pretty horrible. Just, there's, there's no defending it, so... We're we're gonna move on. Uh, speaking of Tom King's Wonder Woman is what's coming next. Wonder Woman number eight hundred. Yeah. Eight hundred. That's Adam. He's here with me. Um, we're, that's where we're getting the I guess wrap up of the Becky Cloonan Michael Conrad series. Um, which is a great example for why couples shouldn't write comics together, if you really want my opinion on that one. Uh, And that'll be also the kickoff to the Tom King Semperi? What's his first name? I think, yeah. Daniel Semperi, that's what it is. That'll be the the duo who's doing the bulk of the upcoming Wonder Woman series. And in the past uh, 48 hours, maybe, they've put out some new information about that series. The first point is going to be about the Wonder Girls, including, of course, uh, Yara Floor, who I very much enjoy still from Future State. She is one who I really, really would like them to, would like to see them be bringing out into the comics a lot more. Um, But Tom King came out and said that uh, Yara and the other Wonder Girls, who is was Cassie Donna and, and Cassie. Donna, are all going to have parts of that story. They all are important to the DCU and important to Wonder Woman's history. So they will continue to have their own stories that are somewhat tied into this one, is what it kind of seems to be, to his Wonder Woman story. Now, as for his Wonder Woman story, and I do agree, Adam, that there are multiple kind of views to take on this particular announcement, um, and I was relieved uh, that it wasn't what I thought at first. (laughs) But Wonder Woman is going to be, or rather the Tom King is going to be introducing Wonder Woman's daughter, official canon, as far as we can all tell. Um, Her name is Trinity, as her hero name. I'm not sure if it stands for anything, but her human or Earth name is Lizzie. Tom King posted it saying, meet Lizzie, daughter of Diana, Trinity Daughter of Wonder Woman. The name, the hero name Trinity really fits for obvious reasons. Um, the thing that kind of immediately came to my mind when I saw this initial post, uh, she looks just like a young Diana, very great, extremely tall, was what we want, so that's fantastic. Uh she has the pants, which again, I feel like that's just the
1: Natural progression. Yeah, the
0: natural progression, especially for uh, the daughter of Wonder Woman, uh, if that is literally what she is. There's a lot of things that she could be um, that's not literally the daughter of Wonder Woman. Of course, the initial concern being... (laughs) Oh god, why does Wonder Woman have to give birth to a baby? I really don't want to see a pregnant Wonder Woman as a superhero in the comics. I don't want her to take nine months out to have a baby. I feel like that's stupid. I don't know if that's wrong. I don't really care. That's just my opinion. I think a pregnant Wonder Woman in the comics is absolutely stupid. That being said, I don't think we need that for this. Um, And yes, Adam, you brought the point the other day that it's really a little bit disappointing. Now we'll have to wait and see how the series goes. It's a little disappointing that a writer with the caliber of Tom King is given the Wonder Woman series. And what does he immediately go and do with the character? Gives her a baby, makes her a mother, which is arguably, or maybe not even arguably, the most cliche thing you can do with a female superhero. Female character of anything, really, I think. When writers don't know what to do with characters, I've said this for years, they make them pregnant. They make them lose their pregnancy. Anything tied along with that they don't know what to do with this female character, give them pregnancy drama. That's generally how things go. It is a little bit disappointing in that aspect, because of the assumption that this is going to be a standard Birthing situation the hope I think is that this is not that Adam you had written on Twitter what was it on Instagram just please don't be Steve Trevor's kid yeah I know there's a lot of discourse about Diana and Steve Trevor in my opinion there is no other if unless I'm mistaken there is no other superhero who has been stuck with their first love interest Through their entire history. Clark Kent hasn't even been stuck with that. I don't think Green Arrow has even been stuck with that. He's had lots of affairs, let's be honest. Yeah. Diana doesn't need to be stuck to Steve Trevor. Let's also be real. He's incredibly boring as a love interest. Wild boring. This is this is your cliche. White, blonde, blue-eyed military man. There's nothing else about him. There's literally nothing. Great
1: Value Brand, um, was it Captain America? No, not even Captain America. What is it? Steve Rogers. Great Value Brand Steve Rogers.
0: That's very... That feels co- completely accurate to what I feel like this character is. But that doesn't have to be how it goes. It doesn't have to be necessarily even a pregnancy. We were talking about it. Did you want to lead the discussion on...
1: Yeah, yeah, I, other option. I, I left that comment and yeah. somebody, somebody brought up the great point. They were like, yeah, I agree with you as well. Uh, the only it's, 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 Basically, they were like, the only logical thing could be is that if Diana does the same thing her mother did and makes a child from the sand. I would love that because Tom King is a writer who could have so much fun with the themes and meanings of All of that, with a Um, child
0: made from nothing, with a child made just
1: intention, exactly, and and then that, and that's kind of the whole thing. I I love that because, like Diana's kind of getting to the point, her mother is transcended to being a goddess or whatever Mm -hmm. now. Nubia is the one who's ruling uh, Themyscira, so it's kind of like. Diana's like, yeah, you know, I have the Justice League, that's whatever, but I kind of need something to love and something to nurture and care, because her whole thing is, her, yeah. her power is love and caring and nurturing. So I
0: didn't really think about that, um, the fact that she doesn't really have a role aside from just being a Justice yes. League member yeah. right now. Yeah, so. So that would be kind of nice to give her that extra role. And, and you know, we've seen sidekicks. Sidekicks haven't always worked out the way that we've wanted them to, um, but but... As, this takes it, I guess, a step further than a sidekick, especially mm-hmm. since what he said was what they're starting the story with in Wonder Woman 800, I guess is what it it will be, or 801, and we'll see, is an arc about 20 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then what we're going to see in his run is them building up to that point. Whether or not she has a father, uh, Lizzie has a father in this, I will see that in his run. Unless they do that stupid Batman stuff and take away his last 20 issues, which let's not even get into that. Thank you, Batcat, for mostly settling that. But anyway. But it'll be really nice to see, especially assuming this is not going to be like Future State where it's a theoretical future. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yes, I'm still thankful that Yara Floor and a lot of the other favorite characters have still come into somewhat relevance. Um, but this is, this is this is something that Unless we're all extremely mistaken, is going to be very much the future of the character of Wonder Woman. You can't really give them a child. We've seen it with Damian Wayne. We've seen it with John Kent. You can't give one of these characters a child and just ignore them. It just isn't how these stories work. Um, so it'll be. I think it'll be really interesting, and and especially if you read the Kelly Thompson. Um, or, sorry, Kelly DeConnick, the other Kelly who wrote Captain Marvel. <laughs> the Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh what was it? What uh the Amazons? Uh um, oh, Amazon uh uh Historia. Historia, thank you. If you read Historia, especially that last issue, those were that that whether or not that series is a hundred percent canon, it was written with such an amount of love for Female readers of comics. I just, I can't even begin to describe how fantastic it was to experience as a reader, uh, as a female reader. But um, the end of it is basically con- uh, it's a DC black label comic. So who's to say really if it's canon or not? But the end of it is where you get kind of the redefinition of Wonder Woman's origin, which is her mother has lost masses amounts of her human army that she um that she had tried to start here in the spirit of the amazon so to say she sent off the two other leaders of the two other tribes to start the two other amazon tribes elsewhere in the world which is something that you know canonically makes a lot of sense now especially which is frankly super cool in my opinion that they filled that gap in And then she goes and she tries to kill herself on the beach by drowning herself. And in that moment, she hears a baby cry and she comes up onto the sand and the weird little figure she had, she had molded into the sand with her hands is now a baby child, a baby girl. And that is her Diana and all of the goddesses of the Greek pantheon are there standing around her. She can't see them, but they're all standing there and they can see her and they can see Diana and the gift to her, which was this perfect child to make up for the fact that she just raised this incredible army in their names and it didn't really go that well it was a really great series please please read it but anyway point being that was a really big moment in whether or not it's canon dc or not that's that's that that felt very true to the character of diana and i'm really hoping that tom king man or you know male or not he figures out how to write that as well? Hopefully, as Kelly Sue DeConnick did with that final issue of Historia. Do you have any thoughts on the daughter of Wonder Woman?
1: Yeah, um, I thought it was really cool how they posted a little like teaser snippet of um of John and Damian mm. Batman, John Superman and Damian Batman with her. Um, that's really that's I don't know for some of them it's like it's like really cool to see like yeah. eighty years later now these two like. Now these, the Trinity of DC mm-hmm. now have their own, I guess at this the point. The second Trinity. Yeah, they're technically own all of those, like, the actual, like, biological children of yep. them, regardless if uh, Lizzie is crafted by clay or not, still, like, it is. I
0: think it, I think it counts, based a- on what Wonder opinion, Woman is, I think
1: it counts completely. Well, considering that Hippo she still considers Hippolyta her mother, and nobody mm-hmm. questions yep. that, I feel like you yeah, definitely could consider that, and it's, and it's really cool. She's not Zeus's
0: daughter, let's just stop there for a second, yes. Wonder Woman is not Zeus's daughter, anyway. Yes.
1: Um, the, speaking of, I love how Daniel Warren Johnson did that. How he mixed the basically what it was is that Diana oh, was Diana was with molded. the Dead
0: Earth, Dead yeah. Earth, yeah, yeah Dead oh, Earth. Oh god, Wonder by that's Daniel another Black Label series that if you haven't recommend. read. It's not canon, but holy shit is it it's metal as bonkers fuck bonkers good. So what he what he did
1: with I don't, I don't don't expect Tom King to do this at all. No, but what no. Daniel Warren Johnson did is metal as fuck. It was awesome. Hippolyte and all the other Amazons killed all like Zeus and all his men. So what she did is she made Diana via clay but it was with with, Zeus, the, blood. with the blood of Zeus. It, so it, it wasn't just Zeus;
0: it was the blood of all the um, gods. Them. Yep. Yeah. So and that's, that's why she was so fucking that's lethal. Why
1: I, that's why she's so strong. And I, I'll never like that. That was so metal. I was like, well, I mm-hmm. key want that to be the main. thing. Yep. Because it's just so it just rocks and it makes it so really much does. sense for her. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend Wonder Woman Dead Earth. But yeah, as, <laughs> as, as I was saying, it's really cool to see them finally get this thing. And also another tidbit is somebody who is a you know. I guess I consider myself a Grant Morrison fanboy, but I I, yeah. love, I love their Batman. I adore their Batman, yeah. and Robin, and then just Batman solo Damian, series. Damien, yeah. They're doing the Damien Batman suit. That is cool. It's not necessarily the Damien who made the deal with the devil to save Gotham, but I, I like that they're keeping that consistent of, this is the suit that Damien wore when he becomes mm-hmm. Batman.
0: Um,
1: yeah, it's really cool to see.
0: We'd already seen, um, and this is something that, the canology canonology whatever you want to say the canonness of it kind of throws me off but I'm really 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 hoping that they're honestly just trying to straighten it out because they just gave us the potential future of future state right and everybody loved Yara and uh, John and Jace Fox, Jace Fox yeah. thank you the three of them were fantastic together especially since it was John trying to become his father which I the, by the end of it, he realized he needed to become his own version of himself and a super character, and that was great. It was Yara as not a daughter of Wonder Woman, but as this completely new entity. And it was Jace as somebody from another state, being a Batman in another part of the country, coming back and trying to help out with the shit at home, basically. And so they didn't really have a connection amongst each other, except for the fact that they held the mantles. I still... Really, really love that. I love that trio. I think it's fantastic. Being 20 years in the future with Lizzie, aka Trinity, I think that we're just going to see kind of a time where Jace goes back to New York, maybe. Yara goes back to South America, possibly, or somewhere else in the world where she's needed. Who knows? Maybe she's off in space. And that's why it's left these gaps for... John to bring in the actual daughter of Wonder Woman and the actual son of Batman in Damien. I would very much like those two possible futures to be very much still the future. I think it would be a little bit disingenuous to the fans to take either one of those out and be like, oh no, only one or the other. You can do both. Why not both? Isn't KSS? What is the? thing? <laughs> Why well, and, not and both? And it's
1: a thing. And it's and it's really and it's a thing. It's really disappointing how DC is extremely underused. It. I know. Um. Joshua Williamson tried to do it in his brief run, but Batman Incorporated. There can mm. be a Batman around everywhere in the world. Oh, So, like, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, so why can't there be another Wonder Woman? You know that was the whole thing of the R-Floor series is her finding that yes. sect of Amazons in South yes, America. Yes,
0: discovering right. the whole other world of like, things that we don't even know. Like that. So, like, Jace could freely be Batman mm-hmm. in New York
1: because Batman, you know, New York, you know, if anybody's it's ever like been- It's like
0: Spider-Man New- going somewhere else.
1: Exactly. So, anybody who's been in New York, Definitely, they would definitely benefit from a Batman-esque yeah. character. But you know that that kind of whole kind of thing of like why people who have this weird narrative that like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman can only exist in the Justice League headquarters at that point in time. No, there can be mm-hmm. across the world, all of them. Like there's the what's his name, Monel, the the Chinese Superman, like. Mm-hmm. so many different things you can do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, I love that they're kind of they're, they have these ideas even if they don't use them or not, they're still out there in the open that they can play with.
0: They're they're leaving themselves the threads to pull on later, which, you know, kind of lazy, but it's good for the fans because eventually those of us who are really really hoping for these things to be spread out and expanded on will hopefully eventually get. Um, but overall, I think this daughter of what I don't as long as it's not I don't know if there's a scenario, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know if there's a scenario where Lizzie slash Trinity has a humanoid father who gave DNA to the project, right? I don't think there's a version of that that I like. I think the only way for me to really like it is for Diana to kind of do this on her own. I don't know if that's terrible or if that's me just hating men or something, but Mm. um, I, I feel like it would be a lot more accurate to what the fans want, maybe, to just have her be as her own thing that Diana created the same way she was created. And there's been, um, otherwise in news, a few rumored casting announcements for Superman Legacy, which, as at this point, I think we all know is the James Gunn upcoming Superman project. Now, number of theories and rumors have happened. I think the biggest one that people know about... Um, actually, isn't even Superman. I think it's the Lex Luthor casting because the actor is very much more well known. But apparently, Nicholas Holt. Um, what was he even in? Uh, he was in some zombie movie.
1: He was Beast.
0: He was. Oh yeah, he was Beast. Oh, that's not even this. Um, we just saw him in something recently. He rec- was also oh, in the menu. He was in what was that when we just watched? Um, with with, with, there we go, Renfield. He was in Renfield. Oh, yeah. Apparently, he's in The Great as the King. Warm Bodies was fine, I'm sure. Mad Max was great, let's be honest. Skins was the American one. Wait, no, he would have been in the British one, wouldn't he? Because he's British, holy shit. Um, I don't, I only watch a few episodes of that, so I can't actually make... Oh, About a Boy, that was his first project. Jack the Giant Slayer, X-Men, we know about those. Apparently, there was a Tolkien movie. I didn't even know that happened. But anyway... Uh, we know he's a decent enough actor. Can he play Lex Luthor? I don't know. That's not really my point. My point is that James Gunn loves to tweet about how he's not going to cast the what everybody expects, so he's going to go in a different direction. Oh, I'm not going to cast a straight white man for this for this gold character and then cast a straight white man for the gold character. He's that kind of (laughs) casting guy. Let's be honest. So this is not a surprising casting opinion from him. Somebody who is extremely well-known, in my opinion, who has a lot of a supernatural fan base. Uh, I don't... This is kind of a win for him if he casts him, so yay for Nicholas Holt, I guess. He's going to be in the DC family. Any thoughts on Nicholas Holt? Um... I guess he just casted
1: him for the... He just saw him in the menu for his weird eccentric takes.
0: I certainly don't um, think that he was cast due to his X-Men role.
1: No, and and he was also... And he was definitely one of those people that was already on Warner Brothers' short list of people yep. they preferred and liked to work mm-hmm. with because he mm-hmm. was also in the running to play the Batman as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Not very surprising.
1: Um, And, I, and apparently there was like some rumor there saying a Guardians cast member would be in Superman Legacy... Um, I saw this tweet, and oh. I, I can't help it. This but, is
0: actually a good one.
1: This is actually really good. I can't help but Like, I love it. Uh, Will Poulter is Wally West Flash, specifically. He,
0: he was, um... Adam Warlock. Adam
1: Warlock, thank you. I hated him as Adam Warlock. Horrible we just talked cast, about that. Horrible casting for <laughs>
0: Absolutely <them>. trash. Bad <laughs> casting
1: does not make any sense. This, this, but him I'm as not Wally. gonna
0: cast a straight white man.
1: Cast Will Poulter. I mean, it's not even the straight white man part. It's just, he just said he wasn't gonna cast a, a generic <laughs> it wasn't, white guy. It
0: was literally a generic white
1: guy. guy. Um... But Will Coulter <laughs> as Wally West, that is perfect. He, because I think- he's such a because he's a generic white guy. He's and a then,
0: generic redhead.
1: Well, and then also, like, I think he could nail, like, you know, Wally's, like, quirkiness and also the whole thing of, like, the Midwestern conservative who then becomes communist.
0: Not, o- that. not only that, I think he could nail the, like, kind of bitter, younger generation hero. Yes. Who is like, uh, oh, old man, I could beat you in a race and then runs into a wall because he gets, tr- he gets juked out or something, you know, like... I feel like he could play that really, really well. We've seen him in a lot of stuff. We've seen him as a villain in... Oh, jeez. It was that book that was named after... No, it was the movie... It had Dylan O'Brien in it, too. I know a lot of people wanted Dylan O'Brien to be Batman. I would not, to be frank. I feel like he's very soft... Is that mean? I don't know. Dylan, I, I would probably see him better as like a Tim Drake. He is like big Tim Drake Tim vibes. Drake. Tim Dr- yes, Tim Drake he does vibes. have Tim Drake vibes. You're correct with that. So then the third one, of course, actually there's four, but the third one is obviously Superman. They weren't going to have rumors about other characters in the Superman movie without also having a rumor about Superman. I don't even think this is a rumor. It's just saying that he's one of the top contenders, which means that he's probably going to win it if he can pull it off in the screening room or whatever um whoa my mouse is going crazy the article that i'm looking at right now says that there are two other unknown actors said to be in the mix does unknown mean that they are unknowns or that we don't know who they are probably the latter uh but this guy's name is david corn sweat which is quite unfortunate to be frank (laughs) it's not spelled like sweat at least that's something he looks pretty much exactly like a young actor who plays Superman, I suppose. Um, I I don't really know what I
1: expected, but the the only thing that I can appreciate about this is that he got somebody that I've never heard of. That's
0: true. That's true. And, and that's, that's wherever m- that's you know, better. And I, there there certainly is better photos and less better photos of him. He does. He. It, it, I could definitely like.
1: Looking at this guy, like he could definitely put on the frame. Sure. Of being Superman. And yeah. Everything. But but yeah, I appreciate that that he is an unknown, and it and it gives and it gives people like me who are kind of apprehensive about the whole James Gunn stuff a little bit like okay, this is an unknown, so there might be something decent about it. And then it also gives this kid a chance to you know show his chops, and that mm-hmm. he's you know maybe has a chance. But yeah, looks wise, I mean, his couple pictures, he he looks like he could be pretty decent. So. Yeah. We'll see. That's. What, I, I'm glad it wasn't somebody easy. Like I'm. Uh, I can't even think of anybody. I'm just glad it wasn't an. Whatever eye
0: that. Role. Whatever that rumor was that people were like, oh, such and such is on the top of his yeah, list. Th- th- <laughs> <there's a> <laughs> there was of... all the jokes about oh, he scratches off the name.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. But it's it's also like you know if you're not going to do Henry Cavill, he clearly did go the complete opposite route, a younger unknown guy. So I did appreciate that he did stick to that. I. I Fuck the Snyderverse people. You know the, the weird not not the not the people like I genuinely like the movies, but the weird like picketing and like mental illness fans who like go and hate on shit and like use bots to vote. But like I did appreciate Henry Cavill as Superman. So, but yeah, it's
0: it's nice to see that this is something completely different. It looks like the the fourth and final casting. This one is actually a rumor uh, that. Actress Emma McKay, or Mackie is probably actually how you say that. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? Uh, Is going to be Lois Lane. This one has a little bit of an interesting take for me. I need to look her up really quick because I have this thing that's been going on in the comics that I've been a little bit confused. Wow, that's definitely not her. Google does not have results. Actress. There we go. I spelled it wrong. Okay. Oh, she's going to be in Barbie. She was in sex education. I didn't see that. I don't know what Emily is. I don't know what Eiffel is. Death on the Nile didn't. I think we watched the first five minutes of that and we just watched couldn't. It. We watched it. Was it the whole thing? It was extremely forgettable. Okay, that explains it. So she's been in a couple of different things. Look like she and, oh, and it, it, uh, a couple of high Hollywood names are good friends. If she was in Death of the Nile and Barbie, yeah, Death of the Nile had that really like awkwardly and
1: hilariously timed scene of like. Uh, Army hammer nibbling on a woman right around the time when he was having. Oh all those dear! Come out. Yeah, so
0: that's it was, it was really funny because it's like,
1: yeah. Oh, did he improv that, or <laughs> was that something? Was that
0: what he actually wanted to do? Yeah. So yeah. Um, what I'm trying to see, okay, so she's French-British. Okay, so she's not a woman of color. So that uh, let's see. The other rumor was I think a blonde woman, a blonde actress. Let's see the name. Was, oh, same actress, just blonde. Cool. No. Emma Mackey and Samara Weaving, those are both blonde white actresses. Okay, so the thing that I was kind of leaning towards here was, in the current Superman series, which is only a few issues in right now, Lois Lane is being drawn as brown. And I don't think I need to really explain what I mean by that. If you go and check it out, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you don't get a lot of you know, traditionally white women who wear dark purple lipsticks and have the very tan skin. It's a combo that you only really see in women of color, the dark purple lipstick and the tan skin. I just... It may be because we have a man of color drawing the series. What's his name? Jamal Campbell. Thank you, Jamal Campbell. Also a fantastic artist. This is nothing against him. It's, if anything, against editorial for leaning at this direction. Um, but... But um, I think... They're definitely trying to make Lois in the comics seem more, as odd as it is to say, ethnic than she ever was. And part of me feels like that's leading up to them casting a woman of color in the movies. But we'll have to just wait and see, I guess. Um, Yeah,
1: and and what is it? So the Samara Weaving rumor, I kind of like that because I cannot remember what I've seen her in, but I've seen her in a couple things. She definitely... I don't. I don't care about looks wise for Lois Lane. Sure, it doesn't really matter. It's not. Her, it's not the point. I want her to have that like fiery journalistic stuff, and I think Samar Weaving has that because the things I've seen her, and she's been like, no, 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 fuck you, man. Give me the truth right now. I want to hear, and that is Lois Lane in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. She is the one who like I know the truth. Like she is, she is what you want. Like if an idealistic, you know, investigative journalist is. Lois Lane will not take no for an answer. She wants the truth to be known to the people.
0: That's the thing about Lois Lane, though. I think that she has unique over other women like that. She does not have resting bitch face.
1: She does not. She does not. And that's why Samara Weaving has that. She can really play that edge of like, yeah, I will plant my feet and, like, sit here for five hours and argue with you and win. And be like,
0: totally fine
1: with that. And that that's what you want for Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. You don't want looks. You don't want, like, uh, attractiveness. You don't or, want her to look like a boss, necessarily. Exactly. That's not what yeah. we're trying to you get You don't want here. Lois Lane to look like a bitch. You want her to have that edge of, like... that's Because that's the kind of thing... Because what I've always thought as a fan of, like, comics and stuff of, like... That's why Superman slash Clark, Clark Kent fell in love with her. Is that this Earth woman who will sit here dig her heels into the sand and be like, fuck you, I'm standing for these these ideals and values I
0: have. You know, that's just my mm-hmm. take on it, of how Lois Lane should be casted. I think the final thing about the Superman legacy movie that's worth mentioning is this Hollywood reporter blurb saying that the movie is going to be populated by, quote, many faces as it will seek to introduce DC heroes that are already established in the movie's setting. Risky move, IMO. Um I'm not really sure that's ever worked <laughs> before. I know we've done it where we've seen a, a superhero movie where you see a superhero establish themselves and then discover a whole other established league of superheroes. That never works. Please don't be that because we know that doesn't I, work.
1: <laughs> I I I I hope it's something like at like
0: um
1: extremely minor like somebody like fucking, oh god, this would be a great way to introduce Blue Beetle, man. Uh, mm. not, not Blue Beetle, but uh, t- uh, Booster Gold.
0: Booster Gold, like, oh yeah. Just some lame, <laughs> like,
1: you don't even, just some lame brain guy, like, stopping somebody robbing yep. a bank. You don't need somebody, like, you can't introduce, like, somebody, like, g- big and grandiose. Like It could be somebody, like, vixen stopping some guy from yep. robbing a bank you know i mean vixen's pretty cool but yeah but you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. you, you don't need this a lower whole... lower tier lo- exactly. not a
0: household name
1: exactly like the the the, the cnd list you know dc characters who aren't who do, who've never had solo titles that always show up in team books that people are like oh my god i love them they're so quirky i could totally see that working like mm-hmm. how... god can you imagine how cool would be like booster gold going into somewhere and be like trying to get free food and they're like why would i to give you free food be like Oh, I saved this guy last week, and they're like, "Yes, Superman saved somebody last week. Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, um, and, and even and even I know the the Plastic Man fans are going to come when I say this, but like even like a funny thing of Plastic Man because mm-hmm. um, I know he has a hardcore fan base. He's he's one of those guys who always pops up in the Justice League books and Justice Society stuff, but
0: yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty cool.
1: Um, But, yeah, all in all, in the Superman legacy thing, I it sucks for Henry Cavill. I, <laughs> I, I'm i a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. I I I have a big attachment to his Superman movie, you know, whatever other means. But I'm excited to see, like, new things because as somebody for me, like, my bar was, you know, I thought Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie was good because I took what I could get. Mm-hmm. Um, so now at this point, it's really cool to see, like, <laughs> we have all these different iterations of Superman I'm I'm still apprehensive about James Gunn and his vision but you know we'll, we'll at least give it a chance.
0: I yeah, I'm not and it's just kind of transitioning into our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 which to be frank, we have not watched entirely uh, because we'll talk about that Martin, in a second. Yeah. We'll talk about that in yeah. a second. But as fans of those movies and also at one point I'm going to be honest here, this is something I haven't thought about in a long-ass time. There was a point in our relationship where I was saying that I wanted James Gunn to officiate our wedding.
1: You did. I remember that. Yeah. Exactly. I, there, I am that. not oh, yeah. even
0: making this up. That's how big of a fan I was at one point. Whatever that horror I, movie wow. was. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. right? It was a thing. I really wanted this. Um, whatever that horror movie was in the office space where they're in another country and they basically have to kill off a certain amount of people, that was one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Uh, Brightburn, let's be honest, was kind of mid. It's, it's the whole, uh, what if Superman was evil? Yeah, pretty much we've seen it before. Um all things considered, James Gunn is not a bad... I mean, he's obviously not a bad filmmaker. Nobody's saying that. What I am saying is he still falls prey to the standard cliches and such, (laughs) Um, especially as I saw most recently in his Suicide Squad movie. There was a lot of really negative cliches. You had... Light skinned black woman, good dark skinned black woman, bad. You had a lot of stuff like that that was extremely, um, people trying to be liberal but actually being still falling into the faults of not, you know, uh, standard. The Belco experiment. Thank you. The Belco experiment. That was the good one. That was the horror movie I really loved. But yeah. he's he's not at all the perfect filmmaker people. He still has the flaws of trying to make himself anti-racist. So he accidentally goes too far and kind of like going so far to the left that he makes himself right, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was, I was to begin with, especially since he's been married, has cast his wife in pretty much everything he's put out and also has started for whatever reason, bleaching his hair white, which looks God awful. But um, I've just lost a lot of faith in what he could possibly make as a man like that. I don't know if that sounds terrible. I don't really care if it sounds terrible. But um, so we didn't plan from the start to see Guardians in theaters, volume three. Granted, we love volume one. My first time seeing it was in Colorado right after weed was legalized, and I was not involved in that. So it was not a great experience, but... The second one I enjoyed. There was still plenty not to like about it. I still I love the first now probably more than the second for sure. What were you gonna say? Yeah,
1: yeah. I was gonna say like I prefer the, the the first. The first the first movie. Oh my god! I it was I'll never forget. It was May twenty fourteen. Um, my dad had passed away of cancer of November mm. in November twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. and so I go and see that movie, and the first ten minutes is like Peter Quill sitting in there watching his mom on yep. her deathbed yep. to cancer, and I'm like. Oh my god! That
0: was that was the summer, two summers before we met.
1: Yes, yeah that that was when I was like, okay, maybe maybe these comic book movies can actually hit on more mm-hmm. than just like cool comic book themes. Um,
0: Which kind of at that point was all we'd that really and, got. That, we that got because we got Captain America the same,
1: so, the same year and that was, was, it? was
0: like wow. <laughs> yeah, that was the year things really kicked off. People, All these people trying to say, oh, nothing will ever be like phase whatever of Marvel again. No, 2014 you guys, MCU was peak, in my opinion. Pre that, you guys really are lying to yourselves if you're saying that that was fantastic cinema. It was fine. Captain America, the first movie, was fine. Yeah. Iron Man 3 was shit. We all know this. Yeah. Stop lying to P- yourselves. 2014 <laughs> with
1: with because it was Winter Soldier and Guardians Volume One came out in that same year. That was when people Winter
0: were like, Soldier was the one that Captain America Volume One absolute garbage. People it wasn't.
1: Would, it wasn't garbage. It was okay. Well, I, people
0: would watch that movie and were like, I don't see how this any of this matters. Like, sure, Nick Fury's there at the end, but like, I just
1: remember walking. He's this old out of ass that. man. I remember walking out of that in 2011 going. Holy shit! I just realized that was the same guy who played Human Torch. That was how good. <laughs> that was how good he did in that movie. That I was like, damn! I didn't even realize
0: it. Not even to mention, not another teen movie, which was not another teen movie. Yes, completely He completely covered a in like. Only thing you could not see his genitals was whipped cream and a cherry. That,
1: that that was like that was like Chris Evans going like, yes, I am a good looking man in Hollywood. I'm going to take advantage of And I'm going
0: to sell that to get yeah. into the roles I want. And then it's
1: funny. He went from that to being like wholesome ass Captain America to like now he dresses mm-hmm. up, doesn't show any skin. And When's the sweet? last
0: time you saw him in a non-wholesome role? Even exactly. Even every... Every comedy, whatever romance that he's in, where he sleeps with a girl on the first date, he's still wholesome as heck. Like, he'll
1: get up and give her, like, <laughs> breakfast the next day and be like, was that okay for you? Like He's still,
0: like, a really nice dude. He's exactly <laughs> what everybody would expect in his roles. He's been pigeonholed as heck.
1: Which is kind of funny. You've gotten I'm off like, track. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. That's what a podcast is for. But I always have this funny, like, thing in my head. So, like, what if he's just an absolute raging dickhead?
0: Well, that's a- there, like, there, there that's used to really be this funny. joke on Tumblr for the girlies or the gays in the room. Um, it was bearded Chris Evans next to a picture of shaven Chris Evans. And it was shaven Chris Evans is the one that you, brings you home by 10 o'clock and says good night and I calls you Mr. and Mr. Mr. Imager, yes. Mr. and Mr. Parents, whatever their names are. Bearded Chris Evans is the one who fucks your mom and has her call him daddy. <laughs> Accurate. Yes. Just saying.
1: Love
0: it. <laughs> what were you talking about? We we're talking about Guardians. So yeah,
1: Guardians. And, oh, yeah. So, um, so
0: James Gunn and Guardians. This Guardians movie, I, I we kind of came towards it with a very shaky feel. The two of us, I think, because of the whole like we've grown up and realized that a lot of the stuff that James Gunn has made is not as perfect as people. A lot of a lot of viewers would make it seem, well, and that rubs people a lot the wrong way. Myself being one of them. Well, and not only that, I feel like fandom
1: in and of itself has taken a sharp weird turn into
0: worship
1: yes into into like almost and definitely you said like worship it's almost comes into worship territory of Mm -hmm.
0: like
1: you know yes i can be a fan of something but i also should be allowed to be critical of it too which is such a weird thing that we've we've gotten into of like if it's like oh yeah i can love something but if i say anything like critiquing of it i'm considered a hater and the whole fandom will jump on me No, I can... Like I love Spider-Man and I love Dragon Ball and mm-hmm. I have critiques with it but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm not gonna and, and oh my god Star Wars I have a lot of Yeah you went off of but... the last
0: episode about Spider-Man do you still love Spider-Man?
1: I absolutely adore Spider-Man exactly. and just like I said what helped me really enjoy the Spider-Man comics is just treating it like a soap opera instead of just <laughs> So reading. sad. It's so sad but it's also like so much more funny and I have please keep the Paul memes going please keep <laughs> What was the,
0: the one you showed going. me the other day it was something really funny Oh yeah it
1: was the one of like shit Dan Slot is now trying to retcon that peter had this sidekick called spider boy the whole time yeah and that the whole marvel universe just somehow fucking forgot about it pete's sidekick spider boy somebody made this amazing thing of um craven's last hunt where it's craven standing over peter's quote air quote grave and pulling off the mask and laughing but instead they put fucking spider boy and when he pulls the mask off because you don't know spider boy yet it's fucking paul (laughs) <laughs> I died laughing reading that, dude. Whoever made that, like, I want to be your best fucking friend. Because that that's, like, that's, like, one, like, it's a palm, but two, it's also, like, you pitched Craven's last hunt panel, so that means you read fucking Spider-Man. So you were up <laughs> on this shit. Um, anyway, let's get back to Guardians, and I'll get back on yeah, Spider-Man. Tangent. no, that's totally um, fine. But yeah, we've kind of been apprehensive about it because a lot of the
0: intense Ooh, scenes
1: of animal th- torture... This is
0: more since, since it's come out, and things have started revealing themselves about what's act. Granted, yes, in the it's comics, we are aware yeah, he does that this. Rocket's f- past he is He was literal rough. roadkill.
1: Yeah, he was literal roadkill.
0: There is a big-ass difference between reading this stuff on paper than there is between hearing the visceral screams and the burning flesh. Big difference.
1: Y- yeah, it was... It- and, and it's not just, like, from us, too. Like, we've heard, like, numerous from, like, various, people, from, like...
0: People who started crying uncontrollably in the theaters, people well, who had to leave the theater.
1: Well, well, not only that, like, from people we know in real life and people we know via online that we've had long relationships with, mm-hmm. say, like, yeah, this, is, this is kind of intense, like, uh... Like uh, what was it? I I, I can't remember who it was. somebody somebody one of my discords went to go see it, and mm-hmm. they were like, and even Mister Send a movie said yep. this as well. They were like, I'm not going to take my kids to see this because yeah. it's only two, it's, it's, it's only two brief scenes, but they were saying they were so intense of like animal torture and death. Apparently, it was like real animal squeals too. So it's like even more so yeah. of like. Weird. What is that meme? Today's episode of the 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 writers oddly disguised fetish. Yeah, like,
0: like that kind of thing. We really you, don't need that to be you, so visceral. What, what is
1: it? What is it saying that we were comparing it to before? Of like something where it didn't actually show up, but you could automatically assume what was going on. I can't remember. Yeah, what it was, we were talking about. It was, yeah, it was something um, similar that was done where it's like.
0: I mean, there's there's plenty of ways to tell a story with with visuals
1: that you don't um, need to show that.
0: Yeah, I I I definitely feel like whether that was James Gunn's idea or not, I feel like that was definitely them cashing in on. I don't know how else to say, but like blood money on like, let's get the people who want to see this horrible thing happen. Well,
1: not only that, like it's also I also feel like it could be like this is my last movie with Marvel.
0: He wanted to make his stamp. <laughs> so I w- no,
1: no no I don't think that, but like let me see how much I can get away with. Like it's my last movie here, so I can push the bar. I can get away with as much. And apparently I heard somewhere uh, too that they that he also snuck in two F-bombs, so it's like another thing of like, that kind of leads to my thing of like, I want to sneak did hear, in as much as I can get. I did hear I about the
0: F-bomb. I heard there was only one. Okay. I okay. heard a lot of people were really upset about it. I don't know the context. I have no idea. I haven't read enough spoilers or watched enough shitty uh, film of it to see yet. Uh, but, yeah. um... Yeah, bring that into it. Yeah, it does. It does really feel like he was trying to go out with a bang, which in like, the sense that it's—I mean, it doesn't.
1: No, I don't feel like more of a bang. But I feel like James Gunn is definitely the type of dude now that he's with DC to like let me cause a low-key shitstorm for them because they fired me for some Twitter jokes as I go back as I go over to DC and kind of do my thing over here. Um, because, because it wouldn't surprise me because if, some, if I was in his point, if I was in his shoes, I would low-key probably do the same. Like, you fired me over some Twitter jokes, so I'm going to kind of, like, sneak in as much weird shit, not weird shit, but, like, as much shit in here as I mm-hmm. can to, like, give you some issues as I kind of, you know, drop the mic yeah. and walk out the back door.
0: Which is not um, really a good thing to look up to.
1: No, 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 it's not. But, like, as, as, you know, I kind of get that. Um, but I've seen a lot of people dig Adam Warlock. Really? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some people say he's pretty cool in that. Um, but I, I'm a big Adam Warlock fan, not just because, yeah, a little bit because my name is Adam Warlock, but I just feel like his casting is weird and how they've done him in this is just off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll reserve my full opinions on that until we see it.
0: Um, I have to add, uh, just because it was something that we had brought Oh my God, it was that tweet! It was that tweet! Um, somewhere I retweeted it. It was this thing of, like, oh, the comic book character outfit, and then the on-screen yes, outfit. And it was a yes. like comic book character outfit. Is this wild-ass, like, different heart-shaped things all over the body, and, like, the shoes are these wild stilettos. And, and then the movie version outfit is, like, they have a black onesie with a pink car on the collar. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> There's I know I've meant I know I've mentioned this before on this podcast. There's a number of characters who James Gunn has put in his Guardians movies who have incredible comic book outfits that he has put in just ravager strips of clothing basically. Wildly disappointing as a comic fan of like stupid comic shit. I want to see the stupid comic shit make it into the movie some more. I don't like seeing it toned down that much. That's dumb. That's not what we fell in love with. Let's see our stupid comic shit. We can make it work. I'm sure there's been things that we've seen to make it work before. Show me my stupid comic outfits. I'm cool with that looking dumb on screen.
1: To backpack off your point, I've I've (laughs) been saying this since 2018. They made fucking Thanos, an (laughs) eight foot tall fucking purple dude, look real as shit. And every scene he interacted with people looked real as fuck. So like, that's kind of where my bar is now, like, because yeah. I remember before, like, it was in 2017. There's talking, no
0: reason not to be screen accurate. Well, like, even before, like,
1: I remember I bought the shirt, like, of Thanos in yeah! Infinity War and wore that to the movie because I knew that was going to happen. Because I was like, I was even, like, really, I was, remember, I was I was mm-hmm. even telling you, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to make him work. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, how are they going to make this guy work? Going into Infinity War in 2018, I, I'm still, like, even in 2023, I'm still blown away to this day how awesome and great he looks yep. like because when they they said they spent a billion dollars making that mm-hmm. most of that probably went into making josh brolin Thanos look like a real fucking person yep and then seeing the behind the scenes things of like that's this is like i gotta give it like you know it is a green screen room but the fact that like literally it was a thing that josh brolin was standing there and he had to wear this thing that sat on top of his head that went up to eight feet that was thanos's head
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then he had to wear like this big glove and so he's at Acting with this like upper, like bust torso on top of his yeah. head. With this, the fact that they made that look good, like, I'm it's inexcusable why they can't make other stuff look real and crazy mm-hmm. and comic booky. They made this eight foot tall purple dude with the ass, the, mazy, the crazy ass chin look real. Like, they yeah. can do it.
0: Yeah, I mean. Um, I think Drax in the comics had changed before the movie, right? Or was that the yeah changed the, after? Well, well, that, that's the whole thing that blew me
1: away about that, too. So to even go back to that, is mm-hmm. that, like, that Bendis run was very, like, not even, like... A year. Where he was... The
0: new drafts.
1: Where he was the new draft For the first yeah. time.
0: Like, it had... Not a robot. It, it, ha-
1: it hadn't even been, like, three or four years, and they were already doing this. So that's... Yeah. I was really... I thought I totally thought we were going to get the classic, cheesy, like, Yondu yeah. Guardians. And then I go in there, and I'm like, oh, they're doing the fucking Bendis Guardians. Oh, this shit. Which was
0: brand new at that time. Which is yeah. literally
1: brand new. Like, it was really crazy to see. They had kind of... Uh, was it the Annihilation event? They had kind of started that team, and they kind of, like... Fizzled out and didn't do anything. Yeah, because then then
0: Moondragon Moon came in with her dad yes. and they killed Thanos, or he killed Thanos and then he and died then it, and Moondragon mourned him. Yeah,
1: then Annihilus had fucking one of the coolest Galactus moments ever, dude. Fucking Annihilus <laughs> had Galactus trapped and he was like, You want to see the power of the devour? Galactus breaks out and fucking like eats half of Annihilus's universe. It was, it was so bizarre. I highly recommend Annihilation. Uh, it's a fantastic series.
0: Similarly, And off topic, there is a uh, Magic Ileana Rasputin arc of... I can't quite remember, but I want to say it was New Mutants or X-Men during her time under Cyclops as their leader. Um, She faced off with Dormammu in the Dark Dimension and left him begging and crying. (laughs) That shit was hot. Anyway... (laughs) Um, We
1: can get into a comics talk about Spider-Man
0: from
1: there. I think that's a perfect segue.
0: Yeah, sure. I guess the last thing that we'll cover on this episode, which has been very much free from the hip, um, is more comic book stuff. And for myself, I would just like to mention the... Well, I didn't really cover the free comic book day. I mean, I didn't all cover free comic book day this week. Um, There was a lot of really good stuff. And from DC Comics in particular, they had the kickoff to their newest event, Don't get me started on events, but it is called Night Terrors. Um, Not entirely sure how this one will sit with current fans and readers of the comics. The thing that is really good about this one um, is I think it's going to be very much like the, uh, the Future State event where you have just a ton of... Info about these other comics and these other characters that aren't really usually in the comics And that's a really really good way to bring in interest about those characters and especially bring in new readers and I mentioned this last week, but Night Terrors has over a dozen two shots, which means there are two issues coming It's, a t- it's two issue specials for each of these characters and this is really important because these are, a lot of them, not characters who we see every week or every month in the comics, in current comics. This is very much clearly, to me, them putting out these characters to see what people take and what they latch to, and that will be the future of DC Comics. That's what I mean when I say this is a really great jumping on point for new fans and for potentially the new future of dc comics because the characters the books that we're getting for night terrors these are all going to be duos of books for each of these topics we've got action comics angel breaker batman black adam catwoman detective comics the flash green lantern harley quinn the joker nightwing poison ivy punchline ravager robin shazam superman titans wonder woman and zaytana Half of those characters we do not see regularly in Marvel, and (laughs) ever in Marvel, in DC Comics. (laughs) To me, that is just their way of seeing how popular are these characters and how much do people actually want to keep up with these things, and that's going to decide what they do with the future of DC Comics. Future State in the past is still a little bit of an effect on the future, obviously because there was a lot of stuff they did then that people still want to see play out. But this is going to be the next step. I guess every two years is more or less how they're going to do this at DC. They're going to reset it properly every two years. Um, although that wasn't really a reset. Night Terrorist isn't a reset. It was right before this they did a reset. Sort of. That's not really a reset. DC, DC uh, was DC Rebirth, then it was DC Universe, and now it's... Whatever. Dawn of DC. Dawn of, thank you, Dawn of DC. And the next is going to be whatever comes after night terrors. So uh, I think it's a great jumping off point. And I'm really excited to see. I'm very much hoping that they put out their best efforts in these because that's literally how you get fans. and That's how I got into comics in the past was through events. And as much as we hate all of these event one shots for different characters and teams, that's how you get new people in comics. So there you go. You had some stuff you wanted to say about the Spider-Man run, I know.
1: Um. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I do appreciate how they kind of, uh, how DC has done the thing. Oh, yeah. Now everything is canon. So it's, Yes.
0: Oh, it's, gosh, it's been so nice. <laughs> it, it,
1: it, it really it really makes things less confusing. So it's like, oh, this is this character from this. Like, no, mm-hmm. they remember all of it. It's yeah, all canon. Yeah, Super,
0: Supergirl. Uh, no, sorry, Power Girl. I'm so excited for her series and her one-shot coming at the end of the month. The, Very interested we'll, in that. We'll just
1: think, of, that, just, that just makes it, like... So much, it just opens up the door so much for the writers and creators on these books to not just be like confined to like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the status quo right now. No, every status quo is the status quo. Have fucking fun, knock yourself mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah, as far as the Spider Man stuff goes, um, there's a couple things that I saw, you know, there's a lot of discourse going on, and for the people who are who are genuinely out here hate reading. <laughs> Don't hate Reed, man. It's, it's not Find something healthy. better to do with his yeah, time. Yeah, it's not healthy. And mental health. It's not healthy. <laughs> it's not good. And it's also, dude, Spider-Man's backlog Does... is massive. Spider-Man
0: you... doesn't need your money.
1: Spider-Man doesn't need your money as well, but, like, his backlog is massive. You can go back and pick up any run, whatever your favorite was. I highly recommend they just re- re-released the uh, J. Michael Traczynski omnibus probably my favorite one of Spider-Man ever. Go back and read that. That was a lot of the wedding stuff. You could have them still be together and not worry about any of the issues. Um, but I saw a great quote that really sums up the people who are getting like severely upset. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you Spider-Man fans have never lived through Clone Saga.
0: Um, a lot of you Spider-Man <laughs>
1: fans have never lived through um, Peter having the miscarriage with Norman, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Norman getting Gwyn pregnant and mm-hmm. having secret twins. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of you Spider-Man fans have never lived through some random guy getting introduced to being Spider-Man, a.k.a. Ben Riley. Like, <laughs> another thing leading into the Clone Saga. So, all I'm saying, oh, and a lot of you Spider-Man fans have never read Superior Spider-Man, where Doc mm. Ock literally became Spider-Man.
0: I read that one.
1: So, so please, th- I mean, this is, Calm you know. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, calm yeah seriously calm <laughs> down get over it they they have what I, my main point is spider-man since one more day has been known for ridiculous stuff they've done in this book don't lose your shit over it and and then also like it's just a comic just mm-hmm. read other stuff it's, it's not that serious yeah it
0: doesn't exist when you re- cease to read it
1: yeah like if you literally just like put it down and read something else it's fine for me, I just like I said before. I've said it numerous times. This book is so much more enjoyable when I read as a soap opera because I don't get pissed because I'm like, oh yeah, this is this cheesy stuff. But the people who are out there who are like, this feels like Zeb Wells and um, Nick was it Nick Loeb's uh, cuckold fetish. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. This how can you not though? I, exactly. How can you not? It it definitely feels like that. And so I, I there's
0: I, a reason there's that saying this weekend the writer's fetish.
1: Exactly, so I, t- I totally get those concerns because it definitely feels like that, and that's why I think the Paul memes are fucking hilarious.
0: Oh yeah, um, even I get it. I don't. Yeah, I don't read that comic, but um, I absolutely get it.
1: <laughs> and then also, there's another thing that I saw. Like, uh, they released another Into the Spider Verse trailer, and it's mm. another great shot of Mayday Parker and P and MJ, you know, being married. It's another thing I saw. Somebody said, like, hopefully, this movie breaks the box office enough to have an impact on the comics because we need a serious course correction sooner rather than later. I I agree that. <sighs> I agree with that because you know through the whole beyond event Zeb Wells is definitely setting it up to pump fake us because he hey, he brought in Ben and Janine he had Pete get re- he had Pete uh, engaged to MJ again I would I totally thought they were setting us up to Pete and MJ go off go to you know New Jersey or somewhere for a while and just live and raise the kid and they even had to issue the oh, it was a great issue of Ben and Miles teaming up fantastic those two gelled so well together and they're like huh maybe we should do this again sometime and they fist bump that was the moment i was like dude they're gonna do ben Riley's spider-man and miles hanging out in new york city which that that would have made so much sense because you give peter a chance to go off and be a dad and then you get his brother who's like i don't really feel like i have a space in this world to do anything gives him a space and then also if the writer is good enough and a big enough fan you could totally bring in kane parker the third brother, who's mm-hmm. who's even more of who has a de- degenerative Lost. disease. Yeah. yeah, who's like, I don't know what to do. I got you, bro. Um, but yeah. Let's live
0: it. Your life's the fullest. Let's
1: live it, yeah. But it's that whole thing of like, I, because my point being is that it seems the MCU and a lot of Marvel comics recently have been Shifting more towards what's going on in the movies to get more people in. Cue Agatha Harkness. Cue Do a... not
0: even get me started about Agatha I know, Harkness. That, it makes what... me so
1: mad. Cue a lot of the. the <laughs> cue almost any and all Scarlet Witch anything in the comics since the WandaVision show. Like, prime example of that. So that's why I'm kind of hoping that. So that's why I'm kind of hoping that they see people lose their shit over Mayday Parker because that just whole thing is adorable. Because it, mm-hmm. then at that point in time, like, Aunt May's gone. Pete doesn't have to worry about that. He's with MJ. They genuinely want to have kids and build a future together. That just let him. That's his only have concern. Let him, let him have that. And so I feel like if this movie comes out and it does buku numbers, I'll
0: be like, "Huh? Maybe we can change that." You um, you can do a little bit of a slice of life with Peter Parker. You really you can, can also at the same time give him some horrendous, stressful shit to go through. Like uh, separate. From his wife and daughter. Because let's be honest. That is an old and tired story. I'm gonna go capture your wife and child. And we've seen that in movie. We've seen that literally like, in every topic there is to be said. Like, like
1: not even kidding. The reason why people love Spider-Man is because he's the everyman. So what more relatable story can you have? Just have him
0: be a regular dude in his real life.
1: Then literally, then a guy having to stop a bank robbery and pick up diapers and be home by seven. Yeah. What is more relatable than that, dude? Yeah. Come the fuck on.
0: (laughs) I think it's just the fact that right now we're at a point in comics where the concept of what you would call a anime or manga slice of life is not really something you can successfully put into American comics. Unless I'm mistaken, there isn't really anything out there like that. But that is, it seems, a lot, especially in superhero fans at this point, decades and decades and decades on from where they were originated, it really seems that that may be a portion of the future of superhero comics because people really seem to want that, including Peter and his family. That's a major stronghold of that argument. That kind of wraps up what we had planned for this episode. It's a bit of a little bit of a loosey goosey episode. I did want to mention before we log off here that we did try to watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Chris Pine and etc. Folks, holy shit, it was bad. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I think when you have two people who are probably like a little bit tipsy, maybe more than that. Who can't functionally continue watching a movie because it's it's so bad that them in that mind state are like, oh my god, it's this is not a good movie. That's not a good sign. But that's a situation when we watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and it was genuinely not good. So very very disappointing. Um, I think the theory in that one is very similar to our theory with the, what was the Chris Evans movie that we watched with. Uh, Anadarmaus, whatever that one is that everybody's like obsessed with, because Armis is in it and she's very beautiful. Um, also not a good movie at all. <laughs> Both of those movies, D and D, and whatever that other one was, was uh, they were they were very much. This is the last movie this actors have to get off their contract for, and so they're gonna do exactly what they always do in movies: play the same characters as they always play, act the same way they always act. And that's about it. It was extremely boring, um, and just everybody doing exactly the same stuff they always do in movies when they play the same characters they always play. Super disappointing. Did you have anything to add? No, it was yeah. It was just not good. We might
1: go back and try it again. I don't know. Who
0: knows? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, eventually we'll do a a full coverage of Guardians of the Galaxy because. While it did not have the cosmic space lesbians that I hoped in it, a.k.a. Moondragon and Phyla hopefully somebody who is a better costume designer <laughs> will get, we'll get on those characters. But, oh god, James Gunn would have destroyed their costumes. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, we'll eventually watch it and we'll give a full review because it's fair, you know. We will hate, we'll, we'll hate on things a little bit, but for fair reasons. So we'll eventually watch that, and uh, we'll see how it actually goes, and I'll give an honest opinion on it at that point. Would you like to be a part of that when that happens? Geez. Yeah. We'll, we'll see when we eventually watch it, and we'll kind of go from there. So that is the end of today's podcast episode. Yes, I am behind on other things for the podcast. Um, shit happens. What can I say? Um, although, I'm not going to lie... I have been a little bit of a downer to myself. It would be nice to get a. I mean, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, send me a message. Let me know that you're listening. I don't know who listens to this far in the podcast. I promise I'm not mean. Unless you deserve it. Just kidding. But not really. Uh, but yeah, that would really help me feel like I'm doing something for somebody other than just my boring bedroom. So have a great week. Mid May already. Holy crap. It's mid-May already. That blows my mind. But summer is on its way. Stay hydrated, you hippies, and don't be a dick.